Welcome to the Life of Faith North podcast, where you can access the latest Sermon of the Week and explore our archive of past messages. To access other resources or view live content, please visit us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Life of Faith North. We hope you will find this message encouraging and uplifting as you listen. about October of every year when we go to the minister's conference internally within myself and and I'm learning to be more these ladies are helping more transparent I'm probably not the most uh, transparent soul on the planet um and stuff so I'm working on it y'all just pray for me um but is uh about every October beginning of October I begin to just we go go to the conference and I begin to pray and I say oh Lord where are we headed Right, we're, we're landing the plane on this year. Where are you wanting to take us? And I always pray this way. Where do you want to take us? Obviously here as a church family. Where do you want to take us, the Holomans, and, and where do you want to take me? Now, many times those things won't all line up. They will be in line with each other. But sometimes every now and then they may be slightly different. But it is a good practice if you haven't ever done it is to take time in the year towards the end of the year to say lord where are we headed right to kind of take stock and i encourage you with this selena and i learned this year because growth and and progress in our life we don't need to look at it day to day but we do need to look at it year to year right because we many times in our life in a year uh, my life can look like the stock market right you know i got really good days and we're we're making money and then i'm down here and i've lost a ton and i'm back up here and i'm doing and so throughout the year my life can look like the stock market go up i can go down we had some of that in the holloman household for sure this year there were some up days and there were some down days but we've learned i have learned to look year to year and as long as i am trending upward i'm doing well Right, I can have good days and bad days, and we can, and my life can have a bit of motion in it because it will. But there should be a plane of my life that's constantly taking me upward, because that's what Paul said. Paul said we press toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So there's always an upwardness to God. There's always a progress with God. There's always motion with God, and, and this is going to play in where we're going because, guys, listen. Success in life is, am I moving forward? It's not just, have I arrived? See, many times in our, in our culture, we have it more, well, I will be successful when X, Y, or Z happens. When I arrive at whatever the quote-unquote destination may be. But success in life really with God is, am I moving forward? And along the way, you're going to have what Selena and I have learned, or you're going to have mile markers. You're going to have milestones. There will be things you will accomplish that will mark, right? I, I did this. I got this training or education, or I made this whatever. So I started the business. I got the promotion. I, I hit, and there'll be accomplishments that will kind of, this is a bad, 
bedazzle your life. Anybody, you know, know that, anybody get a, any kid get a bedazzler? You know what I mean? You know? <laughs> Remember the bedazzlers? You know, you, you need anybody bedazzle everything. And uh-oh. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. Anybody, who, right, come on, who but besides, can anybody else bedazzle everything? You got the bedazzler, and everything got bedazzled. Anybody like that? No? Anyway, and so I love those people that bedazzle. But hey, listen, you know, there's going to be some bedazzle moments throughout your life. Bring little things that are going to, little diamonds that are going to, and those are wonderful. And as Selena said, and we should stop and celebrate them, right? And then we keep going. So I just want so success is forward motion, it's not arrival. Does that make sense? Success is I'm moving forward, I'm growing with that. So when saying all of that for this year, uh, last year for us, if y'all remember, it was a year for prayer, not a year of prayer, but we said it was a year for prayer, and we spent some time and really I think grew. I know I did personally. Anybody else grow in prayer last year? Amen. We did. So that was awesome. This year, as I was back in October, we were at the conference and we were praying. And it's so funny. I kind of, I, I felt like I missed it. Like, I mean, because I'm ready. I'm going and we go to this thing. And it was a great conference. It's probably the best conference we've been to. But it wasn't like one of those, ah, you know, there was not no trumpet. There was no like ray of sunshine that came from heaven and highlighted something. And I really kind of, we left the conference and we're coming home and I'm like, well, man, I, I missed it. I, I, what, what, where are we, you know, and that was kind of weird for me. And then a week or so later, I'm, I'm thinking about all the, and it was great teaching. I mean, some, but I mean, talking about really simple, basic, bedrock foundation teaching. There was no, there was no new, brilliant revelation that came out. You know, there was no, nobody stood up and. You know, it was just good stuff that you're like, man, I'm, I'm listening the whole week going, that's amazing, that's awesome. And that's just really normal. And then I get home, and we're here, and I'm processing some things, and then I realize, oh, that's what this year is going to be about. So, guys, this year is going to be a year, and this is where we're going to get stronger in our souls. It's a year for strength of soul. Now, how many of you, I just said that, and you got real nervous. Come on up, be honest. Come on. Well, thank you, Danielle, for that honesty there. Anybody else? Selena's joining Danielle. Anybody else want to? Yeah, okay, good. Good. Okay, I, this morning we're going to begin to hopefully ease any nervousness because this should not make us uncomfortable, right? This should not bring us any form of fear or anxiety, this should not begin by bringing us any idea of I'm not measuring up. Everybody say this with me. Growing strong in soul is normal. Very good. Absolutely. Very good. Kurt, you're already, as always, you're already ahead of the game. That's exactly... <laughs> That is exactly right. No, that's exactly. <laughs> well, it, sh it shouldn't be. In this way, it, you're exactly right. We're going to talk about it through this time. And everybody's going to say this out loud. Say, Brad, don't be in a hurry. Because if you talk to that lady sitting right there, um, I've been chewing on this since October. 
and I'm going to try not to give you everything in, in one sermon. <laughs> right? So everybody say, Brad, and pray for me, and I'm going to, I'm going to show strength of soul, and this is going to sound weird to you, maybe. It sounded weird to me when I thought it. I'm going to show strength of soul by not being in a hurry. One of the strengths of soul is that you are patient and you're not in a hurry and you don't live a hurried life, right? And, and, and you move, huh? That's exactly right. It just means I'm not in a hurry. And we're going to talk about it because it's going to come back to your discipline and focus. Now, Mr. Brickley, do you want to say something? Absolutely, exactly. <clears throat> but we're going to live. <clears throat> excuse me. We're going to live unhurried this year. Why? Because strength of soul is not being in a hurry. Because things like love, joy, peace will never be experienced in hurry. I love my wife more today than I ever have. It's just taken us 25 years to get here. Did y'all catch that? You can't hurry that. The depth of love we now experience with each other did not come overnight. Peace doesn't come overnight. Joy doesn't come overnight. But like things that are born in an unhurried state, they are stronger, they are deeper, and they will not fade. Things that come quickly typically leave quickly. So do you see that? And it's going to come back to what we said in a discipline. Now, y'all are priming the pump. Now, with this, I'm going to set some stuff up. This first couple of weeks, we're going to, I'm going to go slow. We're going to unpack some things. We're going to set some framework. So in that framework, you're going to get the most from this time by doing what we do so well, by doing what's happening, asking questions. And I want us to do something with this as an exercise of strength of soul is I don't want you to sit on your thoughts and your questions. Right? When something happens, if, if me or whoever else is leading, I'm going to ask all of our leadership, and I know we're getting ready in the next couple of weeks, us as the pastoral team, uh, to talk about things. I'm going to ask everybody that leads to join me in teaching this out. Kind of in years past, I've kind of said, okay, well, I'll lead the charge, and this is what I'm going to do. But this year, for at least the first three or four months of the year, I want everybody, I want us talking about this. And the reason why is this. Now, mm, so much to go. Go to First Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I'm joyfully overcoming whatever junk I caught somewhere in Texas. So I typically don't drink, and for my preacher people, you, you, have you ever noticed I don't drink when I do that? You know why I don't drink when you do that? How many of you just got thirsty when I did this, right? So if you're, if you're going to teach and preach to people, I encourage you, Brother Hagin taught us this, don't drink when you're doing it. Because you make people thirsty. But today, for the sake of 
me continuing to recover, I'm going to need to take a drink from every now and then, unless I can borrow a mint. Somebody got a mint? I can't have a gum. I'll take a mint. And the reason why I, I appreciate the gum offer, but here's your other kind of thing, and this all ties together. It sounds different, but it isn't. Don't chew gum in public, right? Because it's rude. Like this, when you're standing up here and doing this. Now, I mean, public mean outside on the street when you're hanging out with each other, sure. But if you're standing up to talk to people, don't you go. It's rude. And you know what's a, a strength of soul? Manners. Manners are a strength of soul. And we're going to hit a ton of practical stuff throughout this year. Again, I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. This might possibly be a year where I rub your cat backwards more than any other. Now, now here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. So if, please know two things. If I rub your cat backwards, it wasn't me. Okay? Right? And that's what I'm saying. Bring me your cat quickly. Right, so speak up quickly, right, and let, and let, and let us make some fun of it, and, and I want us to, you can shoot your hand up and go, my cat just got rubbed, or you can say, so, and let's talk about it, and let's get that cat turned around so importantly, quickly this year, and guys, the main reason for this is this, as I said, I think the last time we were together, when I go to prayer for you as your pastor. In these last three months, and I'm alone, and I pray for each and every one of you and your families, the only thing he continues to show me is the greatness that is on the inside of you. That's all he shows me. He paints images of you and who you actually are in my mind. And he began to say, and their soul must carry them there. Does that make sense? There's so, so please know I come at this, the whole goal of this is for your greatness. This is not at all, and I'll do, I'm going to do a lot of disclaimers in the first couple of weeks. This is not at all, if anything is said, I'm not picking on anybody. Right? I've, I, as I'm done, so you know, and I'm trying to be as transparent, I've, I've made more notes than I've made in a number of years, and they only grow, right? Uh, but I'm leaving tons of room for us to experience Holy Spirit. So when it comes, we're going to periodically, in every message, we're going to stop. And we're going to do that just right now, as the Holy Spirit would lead. So I'm just going to stop and just take a second. And we're going to do things like this. I want you to just say this with me. Say, I love my soul. Let's say that one more time. I want you to say, I love my soul. Now I'll say that for this reason because I told you to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And it's verse 23, and I'm, this is from the Passion Translation, but you can read it there and whatever you've got. It says, now, 
May the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And now notice, and may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So here Paul in one verse teaches us that we, like God, have three parts. And those three parts make up our entire being. Now, now here's the thing. Did, y'all, did you guys know that God is a God of a bul- multiplication? So therefore, he is not the God of addition. Right? If God was the God of addition, if we said one plus one plus one equals what? It's not hard, right? I promise I won't trick you. It's not hard. It's three. But if I take a part out and I say, you know what? That part, we don't do that part no more. We don't worry about that part. What do I get if it's addition? I get two. I still get something. Right? It's less than what it was, but it's still something. But because God is a God of multiplication, it's one times one times one equals what? One. But if I take a part out, what am I left with? Nothing. And see, it's important for us to understand that because in modern church life today, we have took out a whole piece of our being called our soul. We preach, and I want to make this real clear too, we preach and we should how wonderfully complete and awesome and perfect our spirit is. Right? Would we all agree with that? As Paul said, we are complete in him, spirit. Our spirit was made brand new. We were born again. I've said it to you for years. If I had a superpower, I would want to be able to touch you, pop your spirit out of your body for a second, and you just see how much like Jesus you actually look like. So please hear me. It is wonderful that we teach that. It is good. We also equally teach how aggravating, obnoxious, irritating our flesh is. (laughs) Right? And, And we teach fairly well that our flesh is this thing that just gets in the way of all kinds of stuff, right? And, you know, to a degree, that's not wrong either, right? Our flesh must be put under, right? But we hardly ever talk about our soul in the church world, right? Psychology is on one side, people who err to psychology get treated as non-believing, Right, Audrey and I were talking the other day. In many ways, we act like Gnostics. Right, we act like people, you know, because it doesn't matter. Again, so I'm going to make some disclaimers. I am not saying strength of soul is negating things that are in your soul. I know that in many times when we talk about that, that may be where our mind jumps to. Does that make sense? So now this is all very. Is everybody doing okay? We're going to draw some stuff up here, and we're going to help, and there's more to do. But let's go to our text first and why this is important. 
Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18 and verse 14. And this will be, when we talk about this, this will be almost like the verse for the year. So if you wanted to actually memorize this, it's short, won't take long. There's another strength of soul exercise we can do, is actually memorizing more scripture would do us all a world of good, in our soul, mine included. Um, Proverbs 18, 14, and it says here, it said, and I forgot what translation this is, it says, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? Now, it uses the word spirit there, and it can be confusing because, again, in the New Testament, is your spirit broken? No. Right? Is your spirit weak? No. Right? The part of you that was united with Jesus, that was born again, the part of you that is now cohabitating with the Holy Spirit right now, that third part of you is wonderfully awesome. And there's nothing wrong with it. It ain't busted, it ain't broken, it ain't sick, it ain't depressed, it ain't nothing. But here, this is the Passion Translation again. Same verse, it says this. The will to live, right? The will to live sustains you when you're sick. But depression crushes courage and leaves you unable to cope and here in that one translation and as i did study and looked at it the more accurate kind of understanding of the strong spirit of a man and we're going is the soul the strong soul of a man will sustain him in the day of adversity does that make sense now, y'all remember, as I pray for y'all, right, what does God keep showing me? Greatness. Well, what typically always precedes greatness? Adversity. Does that make sense? And that's not to be discouraging. That's not to breed fear. That's just how things work, right? Right? Greatness never comes absent of adversity i'm sorry it just doesn't we've got to we've got to kill a giant now again as as i think it was alicia said earlier today we're not doing it alone praise god aren't you glad about that so i'm not saying this is now all on you either y'all hearing me we're not going back into works we're not going back into you got to be a good little boy or a good little girl and get it all right. But here what we are saying is, is wow, in the day of adversity, what is going to sustain me? A strong soul. Strength of soul is what sustains you. It's what keeps you. Well, guys, listen, isn't the converse of that true? If the day of adversity shows up and kicks my little butt booty, right, <laughs> smacks me around, right, mops the floor with me, then what does that tell me? In that area, whatever happened, my soul wasn't strong. 
Why? Because adversity owned me. Adversity came, adversity showed up, and adversity killed my, kicked my butt. Y'all, is this here? So please, everybody doing okay? I'm looking at everybody's face. Everybody all right? Okay, good. Awesome. Everybody excited at all? Anybody? Because I hope, and again, and, and now you're going to say, because listen, another marker of a strong soul is a love of challenge. We're going to talk about this somewhere in the year. I've been looking again. There are five shifts that take us from immaturity to maturity. Parents, you can teach, and we should parents teach these to our young people, especially our young men. These are the shifts from boyhood to manhood. And if, and if a young boy doesn't make this shift, he will be a grown child. How many of you met some grown men who were kids? Jokingly, I've heard them called cadults. Anybody ever met a cadult before? Man, there's too many. Unfortunately, there are too many cadults running around in the world today. And part of this was is because they were never relationally guided through the shift. So they didn't know a shift needed to take place for their soul to be strong. And the first shift that marks maturity is a love to move from ease to difficulty. Does that make sense? That's a shift of maturity. Now, I'm not talking about, and again, I know I'm going to do a lot of disclaimers. I'm not talking about masochism where you're just volunteering to beat yourself up. I'm not talking about there's not an easy way to do something and looking for a way to that makes more sense. Yeah, we, I'm, yeah, but I'm talking about you don't have to enroll in the school of hard knocks, but we should love a challenge. Yes, very good, Kurt. I'm going to say that for the recording. When your mind shifts from I can't to I can learn. <clears throat> Mine is, is I love adventurers. It's one of my hallmark, it's really as the Holomans, it's one of our hallmark core values. I, yeah, is oh yeah, let's not throw rocks, okay? Uh, and so, um, is this? That's a joke. Anyway, so inside joke. Sorry. Is um, Sir Edmund Hillary? Anybody ever heard of Sir Edmund Hillary? One person. So Sir Edmund Hillary was the first man to climb Mount Everest and reach the summit. And when he accomplished it, and he came comes down off the mountain. And they say, why did you do it? And his famous answer was, because it was there. <laughs> it was there to do. Now, do you think that was challenging? Do you think it was difficult? Do you think there were hard spots in it? It was, it was costly. But why did he do it? Because it was there for him to do. He didn't have children. So funny. It was, it was, no, it was there for him to do. Does that make sense? 
Guys, listen to me. The greatness that's in front of you guys that is going to be presented to you by God is like that. Why, why is God leading you to whatever he's going to be leading you to? Because it's there for you to do. Because, because you can. I like what Kurt said. Because you can do it. And if you're like, well, I don't know how to do it, that's okay. We can learn. And hey, and it's okay to say this, and it's okay to fail forward into it. Did you hear what I just said? Another strength of soul. Man, I'm trying not to give y'all too much. This is all right. Another strength of soul is you lose the fear of failure. Because you understand that failure is greatness's greatest ally. Did y'all hear me? Failure is greatness's greatest ally. You ever heard of the man by the name of Thomas Edison? Right, what did Thomas Edison do? Did a lot of stuff, but, we, but we're, we're more famously remember him because he's the guy with the light bulb, right? Y'all remember what he famously said about that whole process? Yeah, he, he said, I found, I think it was 10 or 20,000 ways it didn't work. But I only needed to discover the one way it did work. His name was Thomas Edison. Does that make sense? So anyway, so it's a strong spirit. It's a strong soul that will sustain us in the day of adversity. Again, in this case, in the verse, it's talking about the adversity of sickness. It's the adversity of literal physical sickness. I mean, again, trying to, did y'all understand that they do studies now on cancer patients? And one of the ones that I read, they talked about this. They looked at nothing else. They didn't look at the person's age. They didn't look at the type of cancer they had. They didn't look at anything other than their attitude. And what they discovered was, is when the patient had a positive attitude they beat cancer like every time even though they said this they had people who had stage four sure enough medically you're most likely gonna die cancer they just had a positive attitude and they beat it and then they had people over here who had easy peasy lemon squeezy we can normally kick its butt cancer and they heard cancer and they fell apart as Brother Andrew Ormack says, like a $2 suitcase, right? And their soul came undone, and that easy cancer killed them. Why? Because one had a strength of soul that sustained them in the day of adversity. The other one had no strength of soul, and even that which should be overcome overcame them. So do you understand? So some of this is talking about those kind of adversity, but a lot of it is going to be, but what's going to sustain you when what God, I mean, guys, it's not been easy pastoring here. Now, not you. The people, y'all have been the best people we've ever pastored in 20-something years. But there's, it's, there have been dark nights of my soul. How are we going to make it, God? I can't, I can't, 
I go to me. I mean, how many of you are like me and you turn to yourself? God, I can't pay for this building. God, I can't put a room. I can't. I tried. I can't finance it. can't do it on my own. Listen to me. And you find yourself in places within yourself where you feel alone and isolated and not understood and not supported. But guys, look at what we got. You know, the greatest miracle I've seen in many years is this roof don't leak. <laughs> if, you've, if you've walked on our roof, and I've had multiple people walk on our roof, and every time I love seeing them coming, and I hate them all at the same time, because they're going to go, it's getting worse. And I'm like, I know. But all I can tell you is God is doing this. But and I'm trying to be, you understand, these are, I know I don't always share these and I apologize. I'll, I'm trying to do better. Yeah, I understand. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, so, but listen, but that's, that's good adversity. But whether it's whatever the adversity is, I'm, I'm saying that sometimes adversity comes from the outside against, like cancer. Does that make sense? Bad economy. Something happens externally and there's adversity. What keeps you in those moments? A strong soul. But sometimes adversity comes because it's attached to your calling. See, remember we talked about David wasn't looking for a giant that day. He was just being David. He was, he was door dashing for his dad. Right? David was door dashing. He was delivering stuff. He was just being who he was. He was king, just not yet. Does that make sense? And all of a sudden, who he actually was called out a giant. Did you know that that's what your calling will do? Your calling, whatever God has called you and I to do, because our father just likes to pick fights. I don't know how to say it any other way. Our Heavenly Father likes challenge. If you don't, again, just look at the pattern of our Father. Israel exits Egypt 400 years in slavery. There was a quicker, faster, easier way to get them to the promised land. But God takes a hard right and takes them to a trap. You ever thought about that? God leads them to a place where the sea is surrounding them to the front and their enemy is surrounding them to the back. And in my imagination, that's when God starts doing this. It's all right, now it's going to get fun. Listen to me. See, those are the days of adversity I want us to long for. Understand this. Because it's in those days we'll see the great hand of God manifest. Come on. Jesus didn't walk on water on a nice, sunshiny day. <laughs> Does that make sense? 
Jesus didn't pick when the lake was all smooth, no ripples. That's not when he decided, hey, let's do this. This will be fun. He decides to go walk in, in literally the middle of a hurricane that's sinking ships. This wasn't a little light, blustery day. You had a boat full of grown, seasoned mariners who were, who were like, we're going to die. We ain't never been out here and it been this bad. It ain't never looked this bad. It ain't never sounded this bad. It ain't never appeared this bad. I hope we all good. Hope the life insurance is paid up because we all going to die. And here comes Jesus. He's walking. Are you, see, the greatest miracles that we pray and say we long for come from a strength of soul that lets you walk on water in the middle of a storm. See, Jesus didn't just live from a place of the Spirit. Jesus lived from a place of strength of human soul. Does that make sense? This all doing? Everybody doing okay? All right, with the next few minutes remaining, we're going to unpack some stuff, and it's going to kind of be a bit of a review of what we covered a year or so ago. It's going to be new for some people that are just here with us. But I want to talk about this because when we talk about the soul, we've probably all been trained. Let me do a little bit of a test, and let's just see. So what makes up your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Everybody, everybody you've heard me say that before, right? What Praise Jesus that we grow because I've learned more. Are you ready? There are more parts to your soul. So pardon me, I'm not the artist my children are. So this is going to be my very, my very poor representation. All right, so there I am, right? Everybody like it? Everybody can see it? Everybody can see this okay? <laughs> well, no, let me introduce you to, this person has a name. Right? You, you're familiar with this person. This is myself. Right? So this is me. This is you. Right? This is myself. And so in our physical brain is where your soul resides. And we'll talk about it. Your soul actually, the bulk of your soul resides in your physical organ called your brain. It has two other places that it lives. One is the physical organ called your heart. And the other one is actually, they now are discovering neurons in your gut. So you actually literally have neurons, these little connectors that fuel that thought in your brain, in your heart, and in your gut. See the repeated pattern of God? Right? And this, that's why you have a belly button, Kurt says. It's awesome. That's where God is went, woohoo. No, and so, um, that's right. <laughs> it's right there. Well, I mean, but there's, but there's one, the reason why I say that is there's a whole culture when we studied missions, they're over in like Borneo or Indonesia, somewhere over there. And when the missionaries would talk to these natives and they talked about things to them, they said, well, how do you feel? They would always say, my stomach is full, talking about their emotions. My stomach is happy because they, they, they had, 
as a culture, developed a great sensitivity to the neurons that are in their gut. And they would say things, their expressions of joy is my stomach's full. My stomach's happy. That's why food is, right, comforting. Now, I don't know if y'all are... Uh, yeah, <laughs> here, and it's why, have you ever thought about this? This, was, this one fried my fritter in the last three months. It did. Have you ever thought about this? What if the devil's greatest doorway to temptation is actually food? What was the first temptation in the garden? What was Jesus' first temptation in the wilderness? What if it's not smoking, drinking, drugs, sex that gets us? What if it's the lack of discipline of soul connected to food that begins the journey to other woes? Now, just that one's all free. I ain't got the answers. I wasn't even planning on letting that. It was too early in the race to let that out, but there it is. Cats running around, I'll let you catch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So again, what if my problem is I have a codependency with food? What if I've turned food into being my comforter instead of the spirit? What if food is my master more than I want to admit? Why do you think Paul said the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking? He could have said all kinds of stuff. Anyway, that's all free. We're going to maybe get there somewhere deeper in the year. But for now, we're back over here to myself. Right? So we understand that in our brain, we have what's called here in the front. It's called prefrontal cortex of your brain. In the prefrontal cortex of your brain lives two parts of your soul. What we've called in the past mind. For the sake of our study, and I'm going to repeat this a lot, so... For the sake of our study and what we're doing in the weeks ahead, we're going to call this part our thinking or our thoughts, right? So in the prefrontal cortex lives our thinking, our mind, and something we call our will, right? That all lives here in the front part of your brain, right? The conscious part, the part that's awake, it lives there. Right? But there's another part of our brain that's behind, and again, you can do some studies of, of this if you want to. There's, they call them different things. But here is what's called the subconscious mind. So this, for sake of study, we're going to call this, this is the conscious mind. This is the subconscious mind. Right? And in our subconscious mind is what's called our memories. Right? 
our meanings and our beliefs. This is the reptilian brain. Uh, what, what psychologists mean by that is, is like a reptile, it's instinct. Did you understand that all of these things, your memories, your meanings, your beliefs, they're instinctual, right? You do them, you and I both do them. I'm going to say we do them. I'm trying to be very inclusive. We do them without thinking. Now, for the sake of our study here, I'm going to change the one called memories and we're going to call it our habits because it's not just the I'm remembering something. There's a piece of that that's back here, those deep, latent memories of childhood. That's what, again, when you go to counseling and psychologists and it's a good help, they're trying to tap back into this part and help you connect because there was a memory. Something happened, right? Something fueled the beginning of a thought back here. Does that make sense, right? But for us, I want to call these, these are also habits. Did you understand your, your reptilian, your um, instinctual habits that you and I have built in our life live back here? That's why sometimes it can be hard to change habits because they've moved from a place of a will where I chose and they, they've become so strong and, and basically a habit, okay, a habit is a consistently chosen activity based on what I believe about myself. That's a habit. Does that make sense? And the power of change, well, see, Kurt, the power of changing a bad habit to a good habit isn't an activity alone. That's why, as Kevin said earlier, that's why most resolutions fail. Most New Year's resolutions, we could say this, a New Year's resolution is simply, I'd like to have a new habit. Right? I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to. And I'm just going to do that. Just pick, I'm going to use a lot physical stuff because we're talking about strength of soul. So I'm going to talk a lot about our body and stuff. Does that make sense? So it's like the New Year's resolution of I want to lose weight. I want to get stronger. I want to do. I want to run. I remember years. I'm going to pick on Audrey just a little bit. I'll, you know, but years ago she ran a marathon. You did. You ran a half marathon. How many times have you run one since then? Well, and hey, listen, but if you haven't, but I'm, I'm, and I'm not picking on you, but I, you did, you trained for it, but the difference is, but you know how, and the reason why all of us are like that is it was just an activity. It was, you still went for eight months and you made a choice. It was an act of your will to go run a marathon, but somewhere along the way, what maybe we didn't know is for that to become a habit, it has to shift from an activity to an identity. Because the people who consistently run marathons, they don't say, I run marathons. What do they say? I'm a runner. 
And because I'm a runner, I run marathons. But they don't say I run marathons. When you go talk to them and say, well, what do you do? They go, I'm a runner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had no other. Well, see, oh, but see, but this is awesome. Thank you. You did great. Because you're leading. Because here's the thing. One of the greatest, you know, the greatest way to become something. People who are that. And to join with them and say, will you help me become this? <laughs> That's really awesome. I'm not going to do it. Well, so what happens is, is like a resolution, like you said earlier, Kevin, many times we don't just make New Year's resolutions. We make New Year's resolutions. We make March resolutions. We make birthday resolutions. We make summertime resolutions. Right, we make uh, wintertime resolutions. We make resolutions all the time. And basically what we mean by resolution is something else. But how we change that real habit and grow in strength of soul is that it, it has to be not just an action, it must become an identity. Yes. Because identity resides back here. Remember we talked about years ago, back here your subconscious brain operates things like your heart beating. Right? It operates your breathing. It, it, God loved us so much that he took the real important things. How many of you are you glad that, 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 that heart, beating, heart beating is not up here in the front where you can forget? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, so God loved us. Here, so that when they become wired in, that's where your belief system lives. What actually creates your world lives back here. And God made you that way so that what you believe will be instinctual. Put it this way, what you and I believe is instinctual. Not just will be. Come on, are you with me? It's, it's again, that's why we, if you want to change something, it has to move from a choice. It may begin as an act of the will. I want to, and fill in the blank. Oh, Kurt. Kurt, you're so smart. You're all, that's because here, if you noticed, if y'all noticed in my little pattern, did you notice this? What's missing? Number three. If you'll look at our little thing here, these parts of your brain, there is a section, there's a place where they overlap. And in that middle ground where your conscious and your subconscious meet, 
and overlap resides your emotions. Uh-huh. Okay, well, this, this hold it to yourself, okay? So, does that make sense? And, and, and Kurt, what you're saying and what we have not told people When you heard me say the other day, we're going to talk about strength of soul, you who, who, who went there, who went there and said, Brad's going to tell me I need to stop with myself. Emotions. <laughs> Live long and prosper. I can't do that, right? But listen, this is what we have... And therefore teach people your emotions are the bridge that's why that's why God says you must taste and see that I am good those were emotional experiences how many of you again when you we're talking about food again right you eat certain things and it tastes good but how many of you you felt what you ate you, you felt the memory of grandma's love you felt whatever it was that was there you felt the comfort i mean again the you know i, don't, I mean we all have kids here it's all ratatouille remember ratatouille and remember the real mean guy in ratatouille the food critic yeah. right and and then the rat made what was it he actually made ratatouille the dish and you remember in the, in the movie, the bad guy eats the first bite, and where was he taken? He was taken right back to his wife because that was that understanding of the connection of emotions. Why did God give us emotions? It's so that, that as we made choices and experienced things, right, it, we could attach feeling to it and drive it into our subconscious. You realize most people have never felt the love of God. They've heard that he loves them, but they've never experienced the emotion of him loving them. Does that make sense? So please hear me. When we talk about this, and we talk about gaining strength of soul, I am not talking about doing away with your emotions. Actually, if we're talking about our little, remember our little analogy at the beginning, is God a God of multiplication, right? So if this is one times one times one times one times one times one, it's one. But if I do away with one and say that one doesn't count, you lost your soul. So please hear me. What we're embarking on together is, is greater. And I'm going to land the plane, and there's more to do. And y'all got me all fired up, and I'm going to have to go shoot a squirrel and calm down. I'm coming. Just hold on. So there's another piece that is our soul called our personality. Now, our personality exists more like this. It's kind of like the canvas 
that all of this is painted on. Your personality wiring, those things about you. Has, has anybody ever here not taken a personality test before? Okay, cool. We've got a couple of the young people. Sometime in the year, I want to ask some help. I want us to maybe on Thursday nights, we'll take some personality tests. Because you need to understand that your personality is a part of your soul, right? Now, here's the only thing that I, that I want to say. Your personality is not your identity. Because you can change. If I can change it, it cannot be my identity. Does that make sense? Remember that. Please remember anything about you, right, that can be taken away or that you can change is not your identity. Your true identity is fixed. Right now, that leads us to another piece that I want to talk about. Because like I said, we're a spirit, we have a soul. Here are the components we're going to look at and talk about throughout the coming year, right, in varying ways. I'm going to ask everybody for help to do this, right? These are the parts of your soul. This makes up that part of you that many of us, myself included, don't fully understand yet. Yet if I can do this, your body is a car. Does that make sense? What gives my, my, you know, my work people let me have that Mercedes to drive because I work there. What gives that car its personality? The person who's driving it, right? Because I can be a nice, polite, kind, courteous driver using all my blinkers, following the rules, letting people in, being aware of others. Or I can be like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> right, who is just thinking about myself and I'm late and I'm this and I got to do my thing and get out of my way and y'all should have stayed home and if you're ever hearing me you're talking when I don't do well but the car is just the vehicle your body is just the vehicle but the driver is your soul my body is in whatever state it's in because my soul has been driving it there for 50 years. As much as that may hurt my feelings to think about. Whatever habits I have, good or bad, are there because in one way or the other, whether I was conscious of it or not, my soul created a habit that my body said, that's just what we do. Does that, again, not to go too, too far too fast, but just as a, as a real quick example, and this is some of the stuff. So if you want to mark your calendars, I'll get the exact date. i got to go back and look. But in February, Dr. Nick Castellano from Arizona is coming. And he's going to come here, and he's going to spend a weekend with us. And he's going to expand on a ton of this before. So what I'm about to share is with what Dr. Nick shared is, is because Dr. Nick is one of, he is literally, and you're going to laugh, he, okay, Anybody ever seen Dr. Nick on any of the videos we've done? So when you see Dr. Nick, he looks like a mobster. He does. He, he looks like he should be a part of an Italian mob. He really does. When you look at him, the first time I saw him, I thought, you're an enforcer for the mob. 
And in, but he's a nuclear physicist. He's a PhD nuclear physicist that does okay. He, he's cool. But I say that. So, but he taught me this. Do you understand that our cells, I'm talking about the cells in our body, have receptors attached to them. Little, think of them like ports, right? Like what you would plug your phone into, right? They're ports. And those ports are tied to your soul. They're actually tied to your thinking. And for sake of real simplistic analogy, I'm just using positive and negative. You see my little positives and my negatives? You see those? Those are to receive the soul of your thoughts, the emotions attached. So if I'm a person and I have a majority of positive thoughts, then my body goes, oh, we are positive. We are a positive person. And as it makes new cells on whatever that regeneration cycle is for your body, your body goes, because we're positive, we make more cells that are positive, more ports, so that as more positive thoughts come, the body can respond to the thoughts of the soul. But it's just as true on the negative. It's just as true with anxiety. It's just as true with worry. It's just as true with fear. Anything, it's just as true with joy. It's just as true with faith. It's just as true with peace. Do you understand? That literally, as I discipline my soul in thinking, my body can't help but respond to the driver. And the body begins to go, oh, Brad's a positive person. So it starts making cells that are positive. It starts doing those things. And your body starts changing. Does this help? Because listen, so, and, and it's those things that fuel. So now imagine, again, my whole body responds and it's a positive. But, but back in, i got to land because it's time. I don't want to keep you too long. But because we are principally a spirit, I don't have, a, I'm using the same color. Our spirit, if you will, is what's called the superconscious mind. Does that make sense? So we have our conscious mind. We have a subconscious mind that's housed in here. But our spirit makes up the higher mind, which is our superconscious mind. No, it's bigger, it's better than that. But you're close. See, see the morality, the, the canvas of the superconscious mind is truth. That's why, again, now, try not to get too, that's why Jesus said, I will know the truth, and the truth will then set my body free. But he talks about, but I will know it. Not just here only. I won't just know it in my thinking alone. I'll have thought on it enough that truth becomes the motivator of my emotions. Which then drives truth down into my habits. Then truth gives me my meaning. Truth forms my belief. Right? 
Because, guys, listen, and, and for, for the, the last thought, can you tell I'm, this is exciting. I hope y'all are as excited as I am. If I'm not, if you're not, help me do a better job. So, so good. So. Oh, sorry, sorry. So I'm not going to raise up, but here's the thing. But because, so this is going to be our working definition of true, our strength of soul. So if you want to write this down, this is, this will become for this year, what do we mean when we say, I'm getting strong in my soul? It means that all of the parts are the components of my soul are expressing truth. Does that make sense? So getting strong in soul means my thinking expresses truth. My will expresses truth. My emotions express truth. My habits express truth. My meaning express truth. My beliefs express truth. My personality expresses truth. Huh? And so therefore myself, I will be a person of truth. Yes. exactly right it means again what she was saying is if I look at my life and again since we were there and I, and I did the thing you know again because I'll say it again for everybody how many of you thought when they heard Brad say we're gonna get strong in our soul you thought I was gonna axe our emotions right <laughs> right so so I use emotions it, it it means if my emotions are whatever's going on in me right now Right, and we're going to talk about this in greater detail. Right, we are feeling whatever it is we're feeling. I was, Selena and I, we were talking about it yesterday. And I love her analogy. You know, if I walked over here and just slapped Selena real hard, number one, please protect me, right? Because she's gonna, she's she gonna, she's gonna come off like a Latin, right? But if I was to slap her and she would go, ow, and then and then and if she turned and go, do I have a handprint? on my face and all of y'all would go yes and you would say that must have hurt does that make sense that must have stung man that must have made you sad man that must have made you upset man that must have whatever it did it truly did happen it's a real thing but is it truth? Because, and again, I'm getting way too fast. Because if she was to take it and go, well, man, I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, that must mean I'm unloving or I'm unlovely. I'm not worthy to be cared for. That must mean, 
Guys, listen to me. This one here is key. Because the meaning we give to the events or the habits that we have developed or that happen fuel the foundation of the belief, whether it's right or wrong. Because I could slap her and she'd go, well, that must mean I'm trash. That must mean, instead of the truth is, no, that must mean Brad's an idiot. Right? That's exactly right. That's, ex that's right. That's exactly. But th does that make sense? But, but, <laughs> that's it. but, is that, but, but hey, but guys, listen, I know that's a little funny, but how many of you run into people? That's, life happens to them. It fuels an emotion. They give that emotion a meaning that is not based on truth at all, and it becomes a false identity. Yes. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. That, at least, and so now, and again, man, so much. Okay, I'm trying. I'm trying. Is, but here, but here, here's the, here's the thing. That's why when we talk about this, all of this together, when you encompass all of this together, it becomes what the Bible calls the heart of man. No. The soul and the spirit together are the heart of man. And we're going to unpack more of that in the future. See, that's the part where we've missed. That part what messes us up because you're right. The, the new super conscious spirit, the born again spirit, he'll just come out. And mm, he comes out the most when this piece is sensitive. Does that make sense? When this is fully yielded to who you actually are. When this part, right? But that's why all this together is why it says in Hebrews, there's only one instrument on planet Earth that can divide between the born again, renewed, super conscious, and the soul that is still needing to come in line, and it's the word of God. So guys, listen to me, that's why this year, this year, when we talk about it's a year of being strong in soul, it therefore means this is a year where the word must be preeminent. Because what we're after is, is I want nothing in my soul but the expression of truth. And anywhere I'm not expressing truth, that part of me just needs to go to the gym a little bit more. Does that make sense? If my emotions are all out of whack, right, it, something really may be going on, and we're not denying whatever is going on, but I'm bringing them back to truth. 
I'm bringing them back to the superconscious. I'm bringing them back to here. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, show me. Help me not give something that happened a false meaning. Right? Amen. So that's enough. So Lord, just thank you. And Lord, I just ask you, this is just scratching the surface. So Lord, show us more. Even as uh, together, show us more, but beyond from here. As we walk away, as you continue, as you so faithfully do to talk to us over this. I mean, show us where to feed ourselves. Guys, just in, in, my, just as I close, in my imaginings right now, I know God is leading us as, as families and as individuals. He's leading us into a new pasture with this. And in my mind's eye, my, he's literally today, he's opened the gates to a whole new pasture that's full of green, lush, thick, carpeted grass. My job is, is I'm going to help guide us in there, but expect him to show you what parts of the field you need to go eat in for a while. Because he's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to show you, right, which parts of this you're going to go. And, and, and just as we get ready for the new year, and even as we said all morning, more than when you talk about, Lord, where do you want me to do this year? I want you to be praying, Lord, which part of my soul do you want me to feed on in the truth of the word? Which part of my soul needs to come more and more into an alignment and an expression of truth? And that's my prayer for us, Holy Spirit. Show us, each one of us personally, because your heart for our church is that our souls are muscular and strong, Mr. and Miss Universe of the Soul. Amen? Because there's mountains to climb. There's giants to kill. There's things to accomplish. Amen? In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Life of Faith North podcast. If you would like to partner with us by giving, please visit our Cash App page. This can be found at cash.app forward slash dollar sign LOF North. We hope this message was encouraging to you today. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.